Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. You don't get the chance. Uh, well, I've talked, I've given a lot of stories about my family. Uh, that was my family. And, uh, <laughs> and Landon's the middle child. So uh, <laughs> here's what we asked him to do today. We asked him to come out here and to um, write some words. Um, you see what they have written right up there on, this, uh, on the screen. Favorite kisses, practice, 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 beautiful, smart, brave, I love you, life's not fair, uh, strong, don't just try, never give up, do it. Um, here is uh, the interesting thing about all that is I did edit these before they wrote them up here. I did not want, I did not want them to write everything I'd ever said to them. As I'm sure that if your family was going to come up here and write words, on a screen that you would not want your family to write everything you'd ever said to them, would you? If you are sitting out there today and you raised your hand and you said, yes, I would, then you're a liar. We've got a time at the end of the message for you that you can come and confess all of your sins. Right? Because words are really interesting things. And so, the question today, really, as we get into, as we continue in Matthew chapter 12, as we continue talking about um, what the tension of truth is, there's a lot of tension in today's words of Jesus. Because as we get in this today, here's what you um, are going to discover. It may be one of the hardest things that Jesus has to say to us. Because I think that what Jesus is asking us is this, is do, can you, are you willing to stand behind your words? Are you willing to do that? Now, just think about that for just a second. Think about every single thing that you've said and every single conversation that you've had just in the last week alone. In fact, maybe just think about every conversation you had leading up to you being in this auditorium this morning. Because I've got news for you. I've got a family, and I happen to know that on the way to church, sometimes it does not all go well. And lots and lots of words get said, and lots of things get expressed, and the question becomes, are we willing ultimately to stand behind our words? Our words say a whole lot about us, and this is what Jesus is bringing into play as he approaches this particular passage, as he approaches this particular teaching. In fact, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 33. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you, okay? This is going to get rough. <laughs> Just prepare yourself. Pretend you've got a seatbelt right there on your chair. Just go ahead and buckle it so that way you will not walk out at any time. Uh, this is going to get rough, but this is going to get rough because, quite frankly, Jesus is the one that makes it rough. Jesus is the one that makes this incredibly hard to deal with. Beginning in verse 33, Jesus says this, a tree, a tree is identified by its fruit. Make a tree good, 
and its fruit will be good. That's pretty profound, isn't it? Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. These are the words of Jesus. Everybody always wants to say, hey, listen, I want the deeper things of Scripture. As soon as we can figure out the simple things of Scripture, then we can dive into the deeper things of Scripture. Jesus made this pretty simple, didn't he? Good, good tree equals good fruit. And he said, make a tree bad. And its fruit will be bad. And then listen to what he says. You brood of snakes. Does that sound like Jesus? Have you heard Jesus talk that way a whole lot? Uh, We like to think Jesus is neat and kind and all that kind of stuff, right? Sometimes he just like fires away. And when he's talking about this particular subject, this is one where he's just firing away. You see, he recognized the crowd that he was speaking to. He, was, he recognized that who he was speaking to was the religious leaders, the political leaders even, of that day. And these guys, named the Pharisees and the Sadducees, sorry ladies, you weren't allowed to be involved. These guys, named the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who made all the rules, who had all of the power... These guys, from the moment that they were born, had begun to learn Old Testament Scripture. Many of them had memorized the Torah before they were even in middle school. Anybody able to, was anybody in here able to memorize the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy in middle school, by middle school? Didn't think so. I mean, these guys worked hard at this stuff. They knew every story in Scripture. They knew what it all had to offer. And Jesus looks at them and he says this. He says, you brood of snakes. As soon as Jesus says this, he levels probably what was the greatest insult that could have possibly been leveled at these guys. Because as soon as he said, you brood of snakes... What would have went through their mind was the first story that we discover in Scripture. Right after creation takes place, who is it that shows up in the garden in order to be able to deceive Adam and Eve? It's a snake. And the snake talks and the snake uses the first words of deception in which the snake says, If you will just eat of this tree, then you will be like God. The first deception, the first lie that we're able to see take place in all of the Bible. It came through a snake. Jesus looks at these guys and said, you're not just a snake, you're a brood of them. You're like a whole group together causing deception to take place in the world. People that were supposed to not be that type, people that were supposed to be bringing truth and love, they were bringing deception. He said, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart, oh, do me a favor, pull out your pens. I'm not kidding, like make sure you have your pen out. Or if you're using your phone to be able to look up this particular passage of Scripture, do me a favor, make sure you highlight it. Because this is key to what Jesus is saying. This is the point of the message today. He says, 
For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. It is so quiet here today. Because <laughs> probably a lot of us are just kind of thinking about what we've said this week, right? Maybe what we've said in the past. Maybe what we've already said this morning. We're just kind of contemplating this right now, trying to process this. Because for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good words from a good heart. That makes sense, doesn't it? If you've got a good heart, then you are going to, in fact, produce good words. And an evil person produces evil words from an evil heart. And I tell you this, that you, might, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. I mean, Jesus is just preaching hard at this moment, isn't he? He's bringing it. He's not letting anybody off the hook. He's saying that for every good word that you speak, for every bad word that you speak, and for every idle word that you speak, someday you're going to have to stand there with everybody watching, and it all completely be exposed. I thought we would go ahead and simulate that this morning. So I thought what we would do is, um, I'm friends with a lot of you on Facebook. I thought we'd just put your Facebook up on screen. Uh, <laughs> so, seriously, there were people just there were like, oh, no. <laughs> this is my Facebook, which I had the opportunity to go and edit last night. Here, here's the craziest part. Who are we putting up there? What's going? What's happening? This is, this is just getting crazy. Oh, we're going to put our pastor up there. He's not here. We'll go for it, okay? And, uh, man, what a great picture, baptizing somebody over in Ethiopia. Here's what I will just say to you folks. Listen to me. We say a lot on this thing called social media nowadays, don't we? And what I love is that as you just think about it this morning for just a little bit, you might think to yourself that, hey, listen, um, I don't want you to put my Facebook up on this screen. Well, if you can't say it in here, you shouldn't say it out there. Huh? If it can't be seen here, it shouldn't be seen out there. And I can go ahead and tell you that out there, a lot more people are seeing it than the people that are sitting in here. Because everything that you write and everything that you say lives forever. It was true before the internet, and it's now truer than ever before. Because our words absolutely say something about who we are, and we will give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word that we speak, for everything that we posted on social media. For who it was that we, what we said to our children and what we said to our coworkers and what we said to our spouses and what we said to people we like and we don't like. And the words that you say now, listen to this, the words that you say right now, they reflect. Notice it doesn't say they determine. It says that the words that you say right now, they reflect your fate. I promise you, I'm not speaking this hard this morning. This is Jesus. These are the words that he's using. The words that you use right now, they reflect your fate. They are determining 
They are showing the truth about what is in your heart. They are showing whether or not you are a Christ follower or you aren't. You might claim to be, but if the stuff that comes out of your mouth is poison to your family, if the stuff that comes out of your mouth is poison to your friends, if the stuff that's coming out of your mouth is poison to those around you, then it's reflecting where your heart really is. Your words are like holding up a mirror to your life, showing everybody who you really, really are. Either you will be justified by them, Jesus says, or you will be condemned. And how many of you would just like it if we just went ahead and stopped now? (laughs) But I want to tell you there's hope. We can change our words. We don't have to live an entire life that is, you know, poisoning others by what comes out of our mouths. But there are a few things that we need to understand. One of the first things that we need to understand is that good words don't come naturally. They don't come naturally, do they? Anybody anybody got a kid up in here? You just saw I got three of them. Can I tell you something I know for sure? Good words... Do not come naturally. What are some words that you have to teach your children? Please. Thank you. Sorry. What else? Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. If I could just teach my middle child, excuse me. That would be. He thinks the only space that exists is the space that he's in. Uh, What else? No. No. You usually don't have to teach them no. Uh, (laughs) What else? I love you. Like, what you do know if you have children is the fact that good words don't come naturally, do they? Those are the things that that you have to teach them. You don't have to teach them the bad stuff. You guys saw it just a little bit ago. Did you see that precious little blonde thing that was out here? (laughs) So stinking cute. Just turned five in May. And I am just telling you, uh, you know, on most days, she can do nothing wrong. And if she does something wrong, mommy's the one that has to deal with it. Because daddy, daddy's the one that loves her. You can tell this is working out, can't you? Meanwhile, it was just a few months back. And I blame it on her brother's. She's been exposed to that. But a few months back, we're, 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 we're driving in the vehicle. My wife is driving, actually. And, and all of a sudden, uh, Liberty is her name. She is hangry. You know what I mean? Now, my, fam- my family gets seriously hangry. Like, it's a, it's a mental disorder that we have. Okay? So much so that when we get hangry, it's like five serial killers in a car together. So here we are, we are in the vehicle, and, uh, and she is hangry, and she's using some not-so-nice words. My wife is driving, and she turns around, and she says, Liberty, if you cannot use nice words, then you are going to go to timeout. And she said, I hate timeout! And then at that point, I was like... <laughs> Turning my head, trying not to get in trouble, because I was about to get in more trouble than she was. 
And then my wife looked at her and said, Liberty, I said you have to use nice words or you are going to go to timeout. And she said, I will destroy timeout. <laughs> you guys pray for me. She is so much like her mother. It is. <laughs> they don't come naturally, do they? What he actually tells us is that good words come from a treasury in verse 36. They come from a treasury. Every word, every word that you've spoken this week, every word that you've ever spoken to your spouse, every word that you've ever spoken to your child, every word that you've ever spoken to an employee, to a friend, whoever it may be, every word that you've ever spoken has been added to somebody's treasury. And every word that you've spoken to yourself when you wake up in the morning is added to yours. If you wake up not believing what God believes about you, and you begin to say the things that you believe about yourself but not what God believes about you, you begin to speak those things into your life, you are adding to a treasury. But it may not be silver or gold that you're adding. You may be adding a brood of snakes. Every word, does that not make you just stand back and think for a second? Does that not make you just stand back and like consider uh, who you are and actually like what is coming out of your mouth? I'm so thankful, I really, really am, I am so thankful for a mom and dad who, who were careful about the words that they used to their children. I can never, really, I can never remember a time when they ever like verbally put us down. I can remember times when they verbally corrected us, but I can never remember a time when my mom or dad ever attacked our character, attacked who we were in Christ. They looked at us and said things like, hey, listen, you can be whatever it is that you want to be when you grow up. You can accomplish whatever it is that you can accomplish through your relationship with Christ. There's no turning back. You can do this. Folks, speaking those words into my life was huge. My, my parents spoke, I, you know what? When you speak a word in front of your spouse, in front of your kids, you are speaking words into their treasury. The conversations that you're having with one another are speaking words into your kids' treasury. One word that I never heard my mom and dad use, I am not kidding, I never heard them use this word in my entire life. In our house, we called it the D word, divorce. Now, here's what I'm going to go ahead and say. Everybody here is stinking broken, aren't we? And you might be in the middle of, you might be in the middle of a broken re relationship that has ended in that way, or you might... Uh, you know, you might be headed there or you might be thinking about it. We're all just broken people. Sin does things to us and there is forgiveness for that and there is hope for that. But my parents never used that word. I'll never forget sitting in a car on the way to school one morning uh, because we were in a carpool and the girl that was sitting there, um, she said, hey, listen, are your parents ever going to get a divorce? I said, mine never will. She said, nobody can say that. Nobody can guarantee that. All I know is that we're 40-something years into this thing, and so far I'm still right. 
Because they never spoke that word into the existence of their treasury. And they never spoke that word into the existence of our treasury. It makes a difference. What are you speaking into people's lives? So here's the question becomes, how do we build a treasury? How do we do it? I'm going to give you just some practical stuff on how to make that happen. Number one, I think the thing that we ought to realize is that the creator of words, the creator of words, by the way, the creator of words is God. He's the one that allowed all language to come into human existence. If there is bad language, it's because we have manipulated that language. We have used that language for our broken purposes, but God is the one that created all language. I think it's ironic that even as we sit here and as we stand here on a Sunday morning and we worship, that we have to use words he created in order to worship him. That's so ironic to me. Like We can't even come up with anything on our own because we're so dependent upon him and his words. He's the creator of all of it. And I would imagine that the creator of words knows the right words to use, wouldn't you? And here's what he's given us in order to be able to do that. If we want to know his words, they're all right here. You want to start adding to your treasury of good words, of words that change lives? Just pick up your Bible and read it. Now, I know that that's... You're, you're, you're looking and saying, no, that's not life-changing. I didn't really come to like, I knew that one a long time ago. The question is not, did you know it, but are you doing it? Is it a regular part of it? Is it a regular practice in your lives? We can know how to find the right words, but, but not doing it was still going to lead us to building a treasury that's nothing more than a brood of snakes. And so Jesus basically looks and says, hey, listen, um, just go to his word. Pick it up. The psalmist, David, he said, I meditate on this day and night so that I will not make any non-God choices, so that I will not say any non-God things. One of the best ways to add to your treasury is his word. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's a verse a day, five verses a day, or if it's five chapters a day. It does not matter. Take some time Pick up his word, pick up your phone, find the app, however it is that you do it, but spend some time in his word. I promise if you'll do that even in the morning, and I don't believe there's a right time or a wrong time to do this, but I have really discovered that kind of like starting out your day with some of his word will really change your words throughout the day. It'll make it different what you say to other people. Here's the second part of this, uh, in order to be able to build a treasury, become a question asker. Don't be, don't be a person of declarative statements. Don't be a person who's just always walking around saying, here's, here's what I think, or here's what I want. Become an individual that actually just goes ahead and leads via the question. Anybody in here want to claim that you are a know-it-all? I'm going to keep my hand down. I, didn't, I do not want to claim that. There's some times in my life where I do want to claim that. Some arguments I've had with my wife where I do want to claim that. But I'm not a know-it-all. Anybody in here want to claim to be a know-it-all? Well, if we don't want, if we're not going to claim to be a know-it-all, let's not act like we are. 
in the words that we use. Right? Let's not act like we are. So many times we tell people what, what our opinion is. So many times we tell people what we think or what, how they ought to do it. But the interesting thing about Jesus that I find over and over again is even when he's up against the Pharisees, Jesus very rarely, and go back and and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and tell me if if I've missed something, but Jesus very rarely makes a declarative statement before he's asked a question. He almost always takes on the greatest philosophers and the greatest thinkers who aren't thinking the right way of his day by asking a question. He basically begins by saying, hey, listen, I, you know, and Jesus, by the way, if anybody needed to make a declarative statement and say, I'm a know-it-all, it's probably Jesus. The only guy that could get away with that title, but he doesn't even try that, does he? He asks questions, and he leads people through questions, and he helps people take the time to be able to figure it out themselves. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were at the Global Leadership Summit. And I'm going to mention this name. I'm not going to mention this name for any political purposes whatsoever, but simply because this individual was a speaker at the Global Leadership Summit in Chicago. Our staff goes there almost every year uh, because it really is just an amazing uh, group of leaders that we are able to get to, to hear and learn from. And on this particular year, it was Carly Fiorina that was speaking. And she came in one day, and as she was talking to, as she was talking to some of her employees, she was doing what a lot of us do, just kind of complaining about the fact that, hey, listen, I can't get the kids to behave. You know, we bring that stuff to work, don't we? Well, I guess you don't, but uh, our staff does, I'll tell you that. Uh, you bring that stuff to work. Well, I just can't get the kids to behave. I don't understand what's going on. I can, I can lead a Fortune 500 company, but I can't lead a few kids. Like, what is the problem? Anybody want to confess that you've been there, done that? Thank you for those that are being honest. For the rest of you who are perfect parents out there, I look forward to reading your book. <laughs> so, she said, how do I do this? And... Um, as one of her workers was listening to just kind of uh, Carly's, uh, 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 you know, parenting approach at the time, she said, she said, why don't you lead them like you lead us? And she said, what are you talking about? She said, well, you were just telling me the story about your son and trying to get him to go to bed, and, and, and you were just telling him to go to bed. She's like, yeah, that's what you do with a kid, right? Can I hear an amen, parents, that's what you do. You'll do what I say because I am me and you are you. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. <laughs> Maybe not the best leadership approach. She said, why don't you lead like you lead us? And she goes, why do I lead you? She's like, you're always asking us. She said, if you were trying to put us to bed, here's what you'd do. She said, you'd come to us and you'd say, hey, listen, what time is it? Well, it's 8.30. And then you'd look at us and you'd say, well, what happens at 8.30? It's bedtime. Well, then what do you think you ought to be doing? Going to bed. (laughs) Have you done everything that you need to do before you go to bed? No. Do you think you should do everything that you need to do before you go to bed? 
Yeah? And she goes, before long, your entire staff would be in bed. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm listening to this, and I'm like, this is groundbreaking. I'm going to go home and try it. So I did. It's worked most of the time. But I can tell you that asking people questions versus telling them stuff helps them figure out what to do. We got a lot of parents and a lot of leaders out there that just like to tell people what to do. And as a result, they create people that don't know what to do. Because they haven't ever had to figure it out. You want to build treasury into somebody's life? Lead through the questions. Then, here's the next one that I would say, just real, real practical. Maybe take a social media sabbatical. If you want to, like, you know, build a treasury, maybe take a social media sabbatical. Especially if you're a Christian during the political cycle. The stuff that I have seen people post on Facebook so far during this political cycle claiming the name of Jesus is absolutely amazing to me. It is amazing. Maybe step back. Do not put the freedom, that Je- the freedom of speech over the freedom of, that Jesus has given you. Maybe there's a lot more people that would come to know Jesus if you just kept your political mouth shut and you talked more about Jesus than you did about politics. Now I'm getting dangerous, right? Seriously, nothing's flying at me yet, though. We're good. Can we get security ready? Here's the thing, folks. I'm telling you. Like, I hear people that talk about the fact that, man, I've been on Facebook, and everybody that I'm on Facebook with, they're just negative. And then I start reading, like, what they've posted on Facebook. And guess what it is? Everything they've posted is negative. Do you know what negative attracts in people? Negative. If you've got negative, if you've got a negative Facebook, it's because you're posting negative stuff. If you've got a negative following, it's because you're a negative leader. Like, that's just how the game is played. Dr. Jerry Falwell, founder of Liberty University that I went to, he used to always get up and he used to always give the talk to the freshmen. And he said, every single one of you that's sitting out here today, let me go ahead and tell you, those of you who are bad, you've already found yourself. You're already sitting in a group together. He said, those of you that are good, you've already found yourself and you're sitting in a group together. And the only difference between you now and five years from now are the books you read and the people that you hang around. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll just go ahead and tell you, negativity just like clumps into negativity and positivity clumps in with positivity. There is no way around it. So either learn how to use social media, media in a positive way that promotes Jesus Or just stay off of it for Jesus' sake. (laughs) Then I'll go ahead and tell you, watch what you watch. Watch what you watch. You're like, this stuff, are you talking to a student group today? Now I'm talking to a bunch of adults that I know that I know how guilty we can all be that we act just like students. We just call it different words, but we're more mature. (laughs) 
Here's the reality. Watch what you watch. I, I, I happen to be a, I happen to be a, 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 a crime show loving person. In fact, my favorite, please don't judge me. If there is a movie and or a show that involves a serial killer, I am all over it. <laughs> Confessions right here. Okay? Don't judge me. But uh, I, I started, <laughs> I, when I wake up in the middle of the night, my brain is always going. And I, when I wake up in the middle of the night, if I can't focus on something else real quick, then my brain's just going to take me wherever it takes me. And so what will happen sometimes is I wake up, I can't get my brain to stop thinking, and I just got to go like watch something so that it'll be focused on that. I can close my eyes and then go to sleep. Well, as a result of that, I have seen every episode of, of Law and Order 15 times. <laughs> Special Victims Unit, Criminal Intent, and then Law. I've seen them all. And it was a couple months ago that um, I had been going through this particular period of being unable to sleep. And I was waking up then at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning after having woke up earlier in the night, went out to the couch watching Law and & Order, and I started having these dreams about killers. <laughs> and like crazy people. And I was waking up and I was like, what is going on with my dream life? Because what we dream about is what we're feeding our brains with, by the way. And I'm like, what is happening to me? And then all of a sudden I'm waking up and like, I'm like, oh, that's the problem. Somebody's just got shot on TV. And I was dreaming about it. Like, this is such a simple concept that I think that we forget at times. What you put in, it comes right back out. You can't get out what you don't put in, can you? So watch what you watch. And then this one, uh, I, I absolutely love it. Your mom used to always say, if you can't... Oh, yeah. Say it louder. So, Vicki, I'm going to embarrass you. You don't know this. She's sitting right there on the front row, but she is, from, my, from what I've been able to resource, you are the one that has condensed this for our mom's group. I love this. This is so much better than all those other words mom used to say, whatever. Be kind or be quiet. <laughs> How about that one? In fact, say it with me. Be kind or be quiet. Say it again. Be kind or be quiet. Add it to your lexicon. You know, say it. Well, be careful how you say it to your spouse, but maybe say it to your spouse. <laughs> Just be kind or be quiet. I don't even need to elaborate, do I? I think we pretty much all got that one. Folks, let me tell you something. The words that we use change people's lives. The words that have been used on you and at you and spoken through you, they change people's lives. There are folks that are in here today, there's probably not one of us that cannot think of something positive somebody has said to us that changed us. There's probably those of us that are in here today that we cannot think of something negative that somebody has said to us that has changed us. 
And if we've been hit with more negative than we have with positive, it becomes really more difficult to build our treasury up, doesn't it? My 10th grade English teacher, 10th grade English teacher, she, she was not known to be the nicest English teacher in the world. I actually am very good friends with her today. Just saw her last year. She's now the principal of the school that I went to. But back in those days, in fact, she, she apologized to me as a former student when I went in her class because she said, I know I was rough back then. Those were my early days. And I said, don't apologize. Because I will never forget the day that I had worked really, really hard on a particular paper because English was my toughest subject, so I always wanted to do really, really well in it. I liked the challenge. And so I'd worked really hard on a paper, but I'd also worked really hard um, on several of my friends' papers. <laughs> Do not judge me. In the last service, it was obvious there were some English teachers in the room. Do not judge me. I had worked on some of my other friends' English papers also. And when the day came to turn them in and we got those papers back, what I noticed is that all the friends around me that I had helped them with their paper, they got A's. And she handed me back a paper with a big old C on it. It was back when teachers used red pens. <laughs> and I'm looking at this and I was mad. Because I knew that my paper was better than their paper. Because I, did I mention I had helped them out with their paper? <laughs> I walked up to her after class and I literally, I remember, I like kind of forcefully threw the paper on the table. And I was like, let me tell you something. This paper's better than all their papers. I don't know anything about who helped them with their papers. <laughs> but this paper's better. And I said, you better, we better fix something. And she listened to me. Finally, she picked that paper up. She threw it forcefully back at me. And she said, John, you are not everybody else. And I was like, ouch, <laughs> I'll just take the paper and go now. <laughs> you know what she said to me that day, that moment when she said, John, you are not everybody else. You know what she said to me? She said, I believe in you. She said, I believe in you more than I believe in anybody else that was around you that wrote a different paper. She said, John, I believe that you're a better student than what you're acting like, and I want you to act like a better student. That changed how I was as a student. I remember when I told my mom that story, she's like, well, thank you. Finally, that got through to somebody. <laughs> somebody got through to you. Folks, our words, they, just, they, they make an impact, don't they? Can I go ahead and tell you what Jesus says about you? Can I tell, go ahead and tell you what God has spoken to you? He has spoken to you things like, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. They are not for disaster. The plans I have for you are to give you a future and a hope. God has looked at you and said, I can do, you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Build your treasury with that and let that treasury overflow into other people's lives. Can I ask you today to just stand up with me, if you would, please? Bow your heads, just close your eyes for just a moment. And how many of you 
You would just look and say, hey, listen, my treasury right now, I know I got a lot of wounded words that's inside of it. People have spoken into me. People have hurt me. It's too easy for me to believe those things. Head bowed, eyes closed. Just raise your hand and just say, Pastor John, that's me. Like, I just got all this stuff that's been spoken into me. Can I just go ahead and tell you, that was people that spoke that stuff, they released snakes into your treasury. They did not release the gold and the silver of God's word. He's got so much more for you than that. Others of you today, you might be guilty of the fact that you're speaking some stuff into people's lives that you've got no business speaking. You're the one that's hurting somebody for their future. And maybe today is just a time of, I got to confess that. I got to get that out. I got to ask for forgiveness. I can't live like that anymore. I want to pray for all of you today. And I'm going to ask our care team if they would please come forward. And if there's anybody out here that you just need to like hear those words from God, that you need to hear uh, what it is that, that he believes about you. We've got care team members that are up front this morning that would be more than happy to talk with you. They'd be more than happy to pray with you. They'd be more than happy to feed the words of God's truth into your life. And they'd be more than happy to pray with you if you're not feeding the words of God's truth into others' lives. Heavenly Father, thank you that you gave us this thing called language. We're sorry today that we have perverted it. We're sorry today, Lord, that in our brokenness that we have made it something you never intended it to be. But God, we know that through the power of your death on the cross and through the power of your resurrection that you have made it possible to redeem words and that we can be people that speak truth and that we can be people that ultimately reflect ultimately reflect you through what we say may that be who we become in Jesus name we pray amen Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.